Good evening, church. Welcome, family, to the second installment in our Spiritual Warfare Masterclass series. You are in for a great time tonight. Hallelujah. Tonight's teaching is going to be great. Our pilot text for tonight's teaching is taken from the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 3 to verse 5. And here beginning with the reading of God's holy word. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity woo, to the knowledge of of Christ, captivity to the obedience of Christ. Okay, let's read that again. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. Our warfare is not carnal. It's not against flesh and blood. It is a spiritual warfare, pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations and arguments and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought. We have established that as believers, we are engaged in warfare. It's a spiritual warfare. And our pilot text that I just read to you establishes, listen, the primary location of that warfare. It's not in the realm of witches, wizards, warlocks, or even demons and devils, though these things are very real. It's not first with the devil and the demons. The primary arena of our warfare is actually in the realm of our minds. The real battlefield is in your mind. The strongholds are in your mind. The arguments and imaginations are in the realm of the mind. High things that exalt themselves higher than the knowledge of God, where are they? In the mind. Thoughts that we need to bring into captivity, where are they? In the mind. This is where we really war. The subject of my meditation, the teaching tonight is where we war. Last week was why we war. Tonight, where we were. Mighty Father, I ask that you send the anointing that makes preaching, teaching, sharing your truth easy. That you cause my tongue to be as the pen of the ready writer. That I might inscribe upon the hearts of the men and women that are listening to me, whether live or later, your living truth. And that by reason of that truth, they'll be elevated to a new level of experience with you. Mighty Father, illuminate our minds like never before today, Jesus. Show us where our warfare is actually located that we may prosecute a victorious one. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen and amen. God bless you, brethren, and thank you once again for joining today. Uh, We have established that as believers, we are automatically engaged in warfare. Automatically, whether you like it or not, whether you want it or not, you are engaged in warfare. How do I know this? In the book of Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, we understand that we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love, the kingdom of light. 
So immediately you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you were instantaneously translated out of one kingdom into another kingdom. You are moved out of the kingdom of the enemy where you used to belong and now into the kingdom of Christ where you now belong. We are called the soldiers of Christ because we are engaged in warfare. We're engaged in a good warfare. We're engaged in battle. Immediately you translate from one kingdom to another kingdom. That immediately puts you at odds with the kingdom that you used to belong to. So just being a believer makes you a soldier and puts you in a position to the enemy and the enemy is against you. The truth be told, the world that we are living in right now is arrayed against Christ. We are living in what people call the post-Christian era. And I dare say that even beyond that, it's become an antichrist era. People will tell you that, oh, it's all about tolerance, live and let live. But when you look and scratch the surface just a little bit, you start to realize that they allow everything else to live. But when we start to talk about Christ and the gospel, all of a sudden, it's almost hate speech because it's the, the, the society, the systems of the world is anti-Christ. We are engaged in warfare. Can I get a witness? But what makes our warfare different is that, number one, it's a spiritual warfare. Number two, the premise of our warfare is different. It is a fixed fight. Oh, yes, listen to me. It's a fixed fight. We are already victorious. That's what I mean. In the normal understanding of warfare, there is the risk of defeat. In the normal understanding of warfare, there is the risk of defeat, but not so in our warfare. In our warfare, the victory is already guaranteed. In our, in our warfare, we are not warring for victory. We are warring from victory to keep the victory. Woo! Hallelujah! I'm so excited about that revelation. We war to manifest our victory that we already have in the spirit in the natural world. Did you get that? We war to manifest our victory that we already have in the spirit in the natural world. Amen and amen. So that's just a very light and quick recap of the ground that we have already covered. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 to 18, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. It says that if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. All things have become of God. What all things have become new and, and of God when we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, and savior apparently the color of your skin did not change your body did not change you didn't get taller you didn't get shorter you didn't get slimmer you didn't get far fatter upon accepting jesus christ as lord and savior neither did your favorite color or your natural soulish proclivities disappear in an instant simply because you accepted jesus christ as at the point of salvation so the question is what changed what became all new what became all of god i want to let you know that the transformation that took place was in your spirit the transformation was a transformation of your spirit because understand that man, man is tripartite man is a spirit who lives in a body and has a soul man is a spirit who lives in a body and has 
a soul. Did you get that? So your the real essence of you is your spirit. If your spirit departs your body, we will say that that body has become lifeless because the essence of your life is actually in your spirit, okay? The spirit is that which is in cont contact with the spirit world while your body is that which is in contact with the natural world and your soul is the bridge in between the two of them. <laughs> your spirit is in contact with the spiritual world, your body in contact with the natural world, and your soul is the bridge in between the, the two of them. The soul is the seat of the mind, the intellect, the will, and the emotions. We often use the word mind interchangeably with soul, and that's all right. So I'm going to be using the word mind right now. That the bridge between your spirit and your body is your mind. Your mind is the bridge. Your mind is the arbiter. Your mind is the umpire. Your mind is the decider. Your mind is the control center while you are on this earth. So though you are a spirit, what determines your ultimate experience on the earth, hallelujah, is your mind. Remember that in your spirit, when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you became a new creation. All things became new. All things became of God. You, you became blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You are now given all the resources of heaven. This is why the scripture says in the book of 1st John that you have no need that any man teach you again. It's not making obsolete the office of the teacher. We do need teachers. What is telling you that in your spirit you already know all things. You don't need another teacher in your spirit. But there has to be a translation between what is inside your spirit, what is already known by your spirit, through your soul to your body and to your world. Hallelujah. So your mind is critical. Your mind is, is, is the decider, the control center. Remember in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, Be ye not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So your mind is critical. Remember last month when we're dealing with the Mind the Gap series that an unrenewed mind is a gap mind that continues to emphasize the gap between what is the, the, your spiritual reality and your earthly experience. While a renewed mind is a bridge mind, building the bridge between your spirit and your world. Hallelujah. Your spirit, all things are new and all things are, are, are of God. There is no lack in your spirit. There's nothing missing and nothing broken in your spirit. Your spirit is already in heaven while your body still walks on the earth and your mind is the bridge or the gap between the two. So we start to see how critical the mind is and you start to see why the battleground, the primary battleground for spiritual warfare is actually in your mind. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7a says, For as he thinks in his heart, mind, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, the word translated heart there can also speak mind. As he thinks in his mind, so is he. Your thinking is what determines your earthly experience. Your thinking 
is what determines your earthly experience. Therefore, whoever controls your thinking controls your life. Whoever controls your thinking, whoever controls the way you think has just gained control over your life. So the battleground is actually in your mind. This is the primary battlefield. It's in our minds. I know we all want to start talking about devils, demons, Satan, witches, wizards, and all of the esoteric uh, um, covens and groups. But let me tell you the truth. The real spiritual warfare, the primary spiritual warfare must be and is in your mind. Hallelujah. We have to, in fact, I dare say we have to win the battle in our minds before we can start dealing with demons, devils, and, and Satan, and witches, and all the, the, the rest. In fact, can I go further and say, if you have not won the battle in your mind, any victory that you think you are having over devils, demons, and witches will be short-lived and might actually be a deception. If you have not won the victory in your mind, then any victory you think you are having over devils, demons, and witches is actually going to be short-lived. The first battle in the mind that you have to win decisively and irrevocably is the battle of the finished work of Christ. The battle to believe that it is finished. The battle to, to believe that you are already victorious in Christ Jesus. You have to be so convinced in your mind, contrary to your situations and your circumstances, that you are victorious, no matter the contradiction in your world, that it can't convince you otherwise. You've get, got to get to that point where you are just simply uh, uh, convinced. Let God be true and let every man, every situation, every circumstance be a liar. I don't know what your situation, your circumstance, what you are facing is right now, but you've still got to get to that place in your mind where you believe, where without a shadow of doubt, you are convinced I am victorious. I am the head and not the tail. Jesus already won the victory for me. I am more than a conqueror. This is the first battle in the primary battlefield of the mind. It is to believe that you are already victorious in Christ. Hallelujah. Uh, and so I start now to start to unpack our pilot text. In our pilot text, it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God um, for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down Arguments, another translation says imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Okay, what are strongholds? The dictionary lets us know that a stronghold is a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack, a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly held or upheld. Synonyms for stronghold include fortress, fort, castle, citadel, garrison, bunker, bastion, center, refuge, hotbed. In the context of spiritual warfare, strongholds, listen, Strongholds are actually 
established schools of thought. Strongholds are actually philosophies established and entrenched. Arguments and imaginations in our text are ideologies contrary to the knowledge of God. Arguments and, uh, and imaginations that misrepresent God or even go as far as to suggest or to call God a liar. Yeah? Like when the, the, the serpent suggested to Eve that God was lying when he forbade Adam and Eve to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the enemy comes in and makes suggestions, uh, is subtle imaginations and thoughts to misrepresent God. In fact, the fabric of the enemy's array against us are thoughts. He works with thoughts, subtle, subtle whispers and suggestions to undermine your very belief system. This is how the enemy operates. What has been the enemy been whispering to you of late? That, that whisper that, that you are a failure, that whisper that you, 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 are, you are a mess up, that whisper that you, you'll never be anything good, that whisper that you never get married, that whisper that you never have your own children, that, that whisper that you'll never fulfill purpose. What has the enemy been whispering to you lately trying to undermine your belief system. I shut down that whisper even right now in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare your heart and your ears will only be open to the thoughts of God in Jesus' mighty name. You have to understand how important your thinking is because your thinking determines your believing and your believing determines your speaking and your speaking determines your actions and your actions create your world, okay? So from thinking to believing to speaking to acting to creating your world. Therefore, if you don't like your world, what you need to do is to check your actions, inspect your words, examine your beliefs, and scrutinize your thoughts. If you don't like the world that you're living in, then your personal world, then check your actions, inspect your words, examine your beliefs, and scrutinize your thoughts because faulty thinking leads to faulty believing, leads to faulty speaking, leads to faulty actions, leads to a faulty world. Uh, therefore, you need to guard your mind and your thinking to make sure you are thinking the right way, the right thoughts, will, which will inform the right believing. So, uh, right thoughts leads to right believing, leads to right speaking, leads to right actions, and leads to a right world. So, Paul tells the Philippians in chapter 4 and verse 8, 
Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Think on these things. <laughs> so he's given us a list here and this list is supposed to serve as a sieve for us, as something we put in place to check our thoughts. Before you hold a thought, consider whether it lines up with the criteria just listed in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Now, you, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you definitely can stop that bird from building a nest in your head. You might not be able to st stop a whisper from coming in or, or a negative thought, a contrary thought from passing through your mind, but you can decide whether you're going to take hold of that thought. In other words, whether you're going to meditate upon that word, whether you're going to think upon that thought, that the thought flies through your mind does not mean that you have to hold it. You choose what you meditate on. Choose right choose right. Uh, yes, uh, you, you need to even be careful who you are listening to and who is in your circle because if you find out that there are certain people in your circle that every time you talk to them, they just fill you with all sorts of wrong thinking, and then you need to start staying clear of them and stay with people that give you the right thoughts. Uh, yes, mediocre people are always talking about other people. Great people are always talking about vision. Huh? Often this is where the battle is already won or lost. It's in your thinking. It's in your thinking. This is where spiritual battle starts. Uh, I, I, the people that are most effective in spiritual warfare are those who have actually won the battle in their thinking, who have learned uh, to think in a particular way. And that makes them uh, able to prosecute spiritual warfare uh, valiantly and victoriously. This is the key. This is the primary battlefield. Now, in the book of 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, even your faith. The victory that overcomes the world is your faith. Therefore, if you lose your faith, you didn't just lose your faith, you lost your victory. If you lose your faith, you didn't just lose your faith, you lost your victory. Therefore, you must hold on to your faith faith. Uh, the battle, therefore, is for your faith. The battle is for your faith. So spiritual warfare is actually also about your faith. The enemy is fighting for your faith. Remember, when Jesus was about to go to the cross, Jesus told Simon, he said, Simon, Simon, the devil has des desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. I didn't pray for you that you wouldn't go through. I didn't 
pray for you that you wouldn't have challenges. I didn't pay, pray for you that you wouldn't have uh, uh, things you don't understand. I didn't even pray for you that the enemy wouldn't come and sift you as wheat. What I prayed for you, Jesus said, is that you, you will not lose your faith, uh, that your faith would remain, uh, that you would keep your faith. Uh, ah, yes, because uh, if you are able to keep your faith, uh, you are going to be able to get back everything that you lost. He said then to, to, to Simon, when you are restored, it wasn't if, it was when, strengthen your brethren. The battlefield is in the mind for your faith. The battlefield is in your mind for your faith. So Hebrews 10, 35 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. The word confidence there also can be translated faith. So don't let go of your faith. The father of brought a father brought his demon possessed son to Jesus uh, for Jesus to deliver after his disciples were not able to deliver this demon possessed boy. Uh, and and we read in the book of Mark and chapter nine, verse twenty three to twenty four, that Jesus said to this father, "If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes." Then in verse twenty four, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, only help thou my unbelief. The father rightly identified where the primary battle is. He had faith, but he also had unbelief. He had faith, but he also had unbelief. There was a contention, a tussle going on inside him between his faith and his unbelief. The real battle, listen, 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 listen. The real battle for the believer is the battle to believe. Is the battle to believe. Our primary spiritual warfare is in our minds to believe. Our primary spiritual warfare is in our minds for faith, our minds to believe. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, Paul says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you have also, you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, he says, Paul talking now, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, Finally, there is, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which, was, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but to all those who have loved his appearing. He talks about the good fight. The good fight. What is the good fight? He says the good fight is the good fight of faith. The battle to believe. The fight of faith is the battle to believe. The conflict is, is a conflict to keep the faith to keep believing. Do you are you getting this? Do you understand what I'm saying? If we get this right, then moving on to dealing with 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 witches, wizards, warlocks, demons, and even the devil himself becomes easy. 
If you don't deal with this, if you don't deal with your belief system being accurate and being right, then you put yourself at jeopardy if you start trying to deal with these other guys. These other guys knows those who truly believe and those who don't truly believe. He knows those who really know who they are in Christ Jesus and those who don't. The story is told of the sons of Sceva who had seen and heard of how Paul was delivering people, how he was casting out demons. So they came together, the seven of them, to go and deliver a demon themselves, a demon-possessed man. And they said, they adjured the demon inside the man. They said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out of him. And the the, the demon in the demon-possessed guy looked at them and said, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? And then he did a Jackie Chan on them. (laughs) One demon-possessed guy beat up seven boys, stripped them naked and ran them out of the house because their belief system was wrong, because they had already lost the battle in their mind, because they didn't really believe. Ah, Jesus, every demon would say, Jesus I know, Paul I know. They will also say, Pastor Timmy I know. Do demons know you? Do they know that you know who you are in Christ Jesus. When you get that right, then there, every demon in hell will tremble, even in your presence. Huh? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Next week, we're going to press in and start to talk about, yeah, we're going to talk about witches, wizards, warlocks, demons, devils, and Satan himself. But there is no point going to that esoteric realm without, first of all, establishing these truths that I have used these last two weeks to establish. Ah, yes. Number one, about uh, why we do a warfare in the first place and our position in Christ and all of that. And now, where the primary battle is located, the primary battle is in our minds, between your own two ears. It's in your mind. It's in your thinking and your believing. So to the question, where we war, the answer is first in our minds for our faith. That's where the first battle is. It's in your mind for your faith. It's in your mind for your faith. Uh, To constantly win the battle of believing God over your situation. So it's not about how loud your faith, your voice is. It's really about how strong your faith is. Did you get that? It's not about how loud your voice is. It's about how strong your faith is. Some people think spiritual warfare is all about screaming and shouting. No, 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 no. Spiritual warfare is actually about the strength of your faith. Remember when Jesus met the madman of Gadot. 
Gadara. He hadn't even said anything yet. Just the presence of Jesus. Just the fact that this man is a man of faith. His faith embodied. The demons started to tremble. And this was common with Jesus. That wherever he went, demons started to react. Because there has somebody, hair had come into their presence. Somebody that really knew who he was. And so demons trembled. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. They trembled. And that same ability, that same grace is available to us because we, as he is, so are we in the world. But we have to get our thinking, our believing, our thought processes aligned and right. I don't know what situation or circumstance you are facing right now, but if you can beat, win that battle in your mind, if you can think the thoughts of God, how do you do this? By filling yourself up with God's word, by listening to messages like this and new covenant teachings like this till you are fully brainwashed then as you are full of faith you can deal with any opposition that is coming your way where we were we were in our minds for our faith amen and amen I trust you've been blessed by, by, by this teaching. I want you to spend time to meditate about, about it again, again and think on it over and over again. Be a Berean Christian to, to check that this that I am being taught today, check it out in the scripture. Does it agree with the scripture? Does it agree with the spirit of God's word? And I assure you, you're going to find that it is so. And you're going to start to find out that maybe the reason you have been so successful in spiritual warfare so far has really been because you left the primary battle and started to deal with the esoteric battle and put yourself at a disadvantage which was totally unnecessary. I pray that now as you get aligned appropriately in your thinking, victory after victory after victory that you already have in Christ will now be manifested in your situations in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Real, real good. Let's uh, give an opportunity to anybody out there that has not yet accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. Don't let the devil have you. Come on. Come in onto the winning side, the already won side today. If you're ready to accept Jesus, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please repeat these words of prayer after me. Thank you, Lord Jesus for the price that you paid for me. Today, I repent of my sin. I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord and my personal savior. By faith right now, I am born again and a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer, you are indeed saved. And we are so elated and excited to receive you into the body of Christ. Glory to God. Blessed be 
our God. So happy that you made that decision. And we want to help you to grow in the Lord. So the details uh, of how you can get in touch with us are on the screen. Or you can direct message us on any of our social media platforms. Or visit our website and follow the pathway that is there. Let's help you to grow in the Lord. It's imperative that in this day and age, you are planted in a local church where you have support. You have discipleship. You have brothers and sisters to insulate you from the challenges of this post-Christian and anti-Christ world that we live in. I can't close out this service without giving an opportunity for you to give towards the work of the Lord. We are not bashful to let you know that it takes finance to do that which we do. And I want to encourage you in your generous giving towards the work of the Lord. Don't hold back. Give generously to the work of the Lord so that we can continue to take this work from height to height and from level to level. The details on how you can give are being shown upon the screen now. Choose the one that is most preferred by you. I speak a word of blessing over your gifts and over you, the giver. May God cause the windows of heaven to be manifestly opened over your life, that you will testify of favors, of inspiration and direction to divine provisions in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. The final installment in this series on spiritual warfare is next week, Wednesday, and you really don't want to miss that one. It's going to be off the hook. We're going to deal with some deep things next week, so you really, 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 really don't want to miss it, and you want to invite everybody to come in and join in that teaching. The final Wednesday of the month is going to be an interactive Q&A session where you can bring all of your questions that might have been generated out of the series of teachings, all that you've always had about this whole issue of spiritual warfare, binding and loosing. So don't miss the last Wednesday also. Next week Wednesday is going to be deep also. And don't miss this coming Sunday service. We're moving forward in our journey of discovery. And it's going to be yet another great discovery this coming Sunday. Hallelujah. Let's close out this service with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the service. Thank you for your word. We are blessed indeed. Cause it to bring great results in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. So we share the grace in fellowship, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. And surely God's goodness and God's mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you again real soon.